Alright, big guy. How are we? I'm alright, thank you. Good week. Just Yeah, just us two tonight, innit? Yeah, so Nicky Adams, I think he's been banned from social media this week because I think they had a stinker, didn't they, on Tuesday? Oh really? Think so, yeah. So I think uh, I think he's he's trying to be he's trying to behave. I think the I think the gaffers probably exploded at the team and said, "Right, you need to put your <laughs> you need to put your ideas up." So I, I thought it was because you'd give me a bit more money. We had to get rid of someone. It might be that as well. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I know I've had a I know I've had a bonus. You've had a bonus, so that might have just got rid of Nicky. That's it. Right, God. So we got same as last week. Uh, we really want viewers to text in, message in, uh, ask us some questions. We've got some decent topics for this week. I'll uh, do, do you want me to start us off. Obviously, we've got after this show, we've got the poker promo. So I'm going to stay on. I quite fancy myself as a bit of a poker player. Yeah. It's even better when it's not my money that I'm playing with. You've been bluffing a career for years, haven't you, to be fair? Exactly. Everyone said that. <laughs> Bluffed a career, so I must be good at bluffing a couple of aces in my hand. Right, let us get... Uh, have you heard about the new campaign called Give the Ref a Hand? Are you have asking you me? Yeah, I'm asking you, yeah. Well, there's nobody yeah, else here. We've just heard <laughs> that. I've heard it, yeah. So it's, I'll read out what it says. It says, a new, a new initiative has been launched which calls for football players to show their respect for referees and officials by clapping them onto the field. Any thoughts? <laughs> it's a lot of rubbish, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, listen, I, when I first started out in management, the referees used to drive me mad. I used to spend an hour and a half just moaning and going mad at them. And then, and then realised after a bit it was getting me nowhere. So you know, I don't, I don't say anything. I never criticise referees now anymore. Um, they have got a hard job, but I mean, listen, they know what they're signing up for. We don't need to clap them on, do we? Do you know what? I, like, I don't think people realise how hard of a job it is. Yeah. Like, I, I know they're obviously at, at the top level. The professionals aren't they? They do it day in, day out. Um, but at, at the lower levels, like I'm now, I'm talking like Sunday League now as well. Like I've been to watch some like mates play Sunday League and stuff like that. And even even you know even Northwest Counties and stuff like that. That that kind of level, these referees, they're someone's dad or they're a yeah. teacher. Do you know what I mean? And they're just they're doing it for a bit of extra cash, and they're gonna miss stuff. But honestly, yeah. the lads who give them grief. The light they play in the Premiership, and the ref has just missed a blatant, a blatant decision that's literally going to change their lives. They go that mental, and they're probably I, 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 they're probably seven play, nil down. Sorry. The seven nil down. The ref's done them a favour not to <laughs> not to give offside. Yeah, I I play vets football on a Sunday, and the refs in the vets football are brilliant. They do. They obviously we've got no linesmen, so they do everything. And most of them just stand in the centre circle, <laughs> don't move, and just make decisions from 50 yards away and just say, just fucking get on with it. You know what I mean? you'll, you'll be buzzing no lines when you can't be caught offside. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but like, that, 
I don't mind the clapping. Like I think, I think it obviously shows a bit of respect, doesn't it? But I think, I think the handshake afterwards, you know, when the ref's done a good job, he's controlled the game. I think the handshake by everyone at the end, where they go down, shake the, the two linesmen and the referee, I probably think that's enough. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And you know what? Regarding the, the clapping them on, I mean, what's it for? For me, it's just a, it's, it's just virtual sig signalling, isn't it? It doesn't mean anything. You know, they're going to clap them on. Yeah, and, that, and that's my issue with it. What does it actually mean? What does it, we, we understand the respect thing, but I'm with you, you know, and I always like the referees that you can have a bit of, a, bit of a laugh with. And then after, once the whistle goes, you go over, you, sh you shake their hand and, and that's it. We don't need anything more than that. It's just, you know, everything's becoming a little bit too liberal, isn't it? And we need to do this, we need to do that. You know, the, the beauty of playing and being involved with non-league is you shake hands after with the ref, and you normally go and have a beer with them in the bar after and have a bit of a crack and a bit of a laugh. And for me, that's respect. It's not, we don't need yeah. to clap them on any of that rubbish. Waste of time. You you must have had referees when you were playing. I know I had it because I, I think I must have been quite... I think I was quite vocal on the pitch to referees. And I'd, I'd get it quite often. Five minutes into a game, the ref would run past me and go, fucking hell, guys, you're not going to give me some stick today, are you, pal? Are you on my yeah. side? Do you know what I mean? And I used to, I used to like it because like I'd always have a bit of a laugh with the referees, and I always thought that the ones who, the ones who like engage with you and talk to you, and and the ones who who said, guys, I'm really sorry, I might have missed something there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can only I can only give what I see. I think you respect that. The ones who don't talk to you and they're a little bit like, go away from me, don't speak to me, don't you know? I think. I think that's what gets the, the players' backs up. Yeah, it rubs you up the wrong way if, if you can't speak to a ref. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I always like the ones, like you said, that will just say how it is. Um, and, but I, I think we need a massive change on in, in the game with how we perceive referees. And I think VAR coming in is, is killing the refs as well. It's taking any sort of authority away that they've got. And I, I'd love to just go back to the the rule where the referee makes decisions and as players, managers, fans, we all accept that they're going to make mistakes and we have to deal with it better. We have to accept that. We have to get on with it and take it on the chin. I think at the minute, as players, fans, supporters, we're all acting like spoiled brats. You've got to be careful taking it you've got to be careful taking it on the chin though. You'll go down. Take an eight count. <laughs> You're very brave, you are, 250 miles away, aren't you? <laughs> but no, I, I just think we need we need to have a little look about the whole relationship between the referees and the game. I'd just like to see it back to accepting that they're going to make mistakes and we need to back them a little bit more. But I, don't, I, I, don't, I think clapping them on is just a waste of everyone's time. We just need to, you know, respect them more and, and give them that respect that they definitely definitely deserve because if anyone's actually refereed before you don't realize when you're on there everything's going at 100 mile an hour it's hard work isn't it it's so hard and i'm i'm only going off so when i when i had to retire from football i obviously still quite young 24 i took like three years out i couldn't play but i went working at a school doing a bit of coaching and on the saturday morning i had to referee the year 11s so you're talking like 15 year olds it was the hardest thing <laughs> I've ever done. Honestly, and I, I don't like admitting to this, 
I once threatened a lad, a 15-year-old lad, because he was having that much of a go at me. And I snapped <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up, you little shit. Or is you going <laughs> to Do you know what I mean? And, and that's, a school, that, that's a school game because I couldn't, I missed so many decisions. It was that quick. Everyone was yeah. on it at the same time. So you think if you if you take it to the next level and you're actually doing a professional game or even like a semi-professional game, it must be so hard. Like after that, I actually got you know a lot of respect for the for for the referees. Yeah, a, cu- a couple of times myself early on in my managerial career journey, whatever you want to call it, a couple of times myself, I've I've gone up to referees after and apologised for my behaviour because sometimes you get too involved. And even though you're saying, you know, different levels, a win means as much to me as it means to Steven Gerrard or Pep Guardiola. I know we're talking about different levels, but it still means the same to me. Yeah. Um, and I've gone over before and said to referees and and, and, and linesmen, listen, I'm bang up all of it. I don't know. I just, I lost it a little bit. Um, yeah. that's, I've why, done that. that's why I think, that's why I think the respect thing after the game is far yeah. more important than before it because you've had all the decisions, everything's gone on. And I think no matter what, everybody, like you should maybe clap the referees off or, you know, as, as a team, make sure that everyone goes and shakes the linesman, the referee's hand, you know what I mean? And you walk off together. Like that, yeah. that's more of a respect thing for me because the decision and the game's over. So yeah. Like you, no, could, I... you could clap them on five minutes later, you're giving them dog's abuse because of, you know, they've, they've made a bad decision. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree, 100%. And like I say, when you're playing against people, it could be mates, you know, you badmouth each other on the pitch, you boot each other, you know, you do things that are maybe a little bit out of order, but then once it's all done, you all have a laugh and a joke and you shake hands and let, let's treat the referees the same, you know, let's give them that respect. And, and, and yeah, even clapping them off after, I just think it's, what's the point? I, I don't think, I think we just continue doing what we're doing with referees. I, I think... After the game, 99% of people go and shake the refs hand, don't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Well, like, next one. This is, I think this is class, me, by the way. So this is go. a story, a story that came out in the paper about a guy called, I might get his name wrong here, but Gregor Accelerod. Something like that. He set up a fake website where it stated that he played for PSG's reserve side. Have you heard this? No. So he, <laughs> he stated that he played for PSG's reserve side. He copied match reports, but he swapped his name for Nicholas and Elkers. <laughs> right. He ended up he ended up having trials with Swindon, Norwich, Bournemouth, Falkirk, and Dundee United. And then he finally got an offer, a three-year deal, 15 grand a month from CSK Sofia. What, after he trained with them or just off the back of... I think off the back of going into trials and then, well, I've seen a picture of him. I think they, I think they must have signed him blind. Is that him with the head? He's only been found out by one of the fans, Sofia fans, contacted a PSG online forum and found out that... It was basically all, all bullshit. I love it. I, I, I think it's brilliant. I respect his hustle. 
the, the, the amount of emails that I get from from players and that, and and like the the list of strengths, weaknesses, I look at them like, why the, why are you contacting me, mate? You're a lot higher than my level. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's, I, get it, uh, I get it on LinkedIn. I get it on LinkedIn because yeah. obviously, like you put obviously you know your job title and stuff like that, and I get things like, Mister Seddon, it would be a pleasure for me to come and trial for you. Can you yeah. sort me a trial at such and such club? And I'm like, it's never like it's never gonna happen. But you know what? It, it, I mean, I I got um, when I was at I was at Hull United. Uh, this was a few years back now, and. Um, Ian Ashby was my assistant manager there. And somebody that used to work at Hull City contacted Ash and said, Oh, I've met um I've met a guy on holiday. Um and I've since we've left holiday and, and come back to England, we're now together as a as a couple. Her name her name is Donna. She used to work in, in the accounts at Hull City. Can my boyfriend come and have a trial? So Ash said, Well, let me speak to the manager. So Ash said to me, Can uh, Donna's fella we met in Magaluf once on a trial at all I'm like Ash I ain't got time to deal with this and he, and he was like well he said I've known Donna for ages and she's a real nice lass so I said he can come along so I'm like for fuck's sake so anyway this this lab turns up within five minutes of training I'm like this kid's not bad <laughs> really <laughs> he ended up being our best player he's called Brett Agnew centre forward I think you got he got 72 goals that season. <laughs> so, ever, yeah, so ever since that's happened, whenever I get an email, I always think, oh, I could be missing a really, really good player. So I always read them. I always get back in touch with them. I always offer them down to a, a training session or something because you just never know, do you? You don't. Well, do you remember Do you remember the famous one about, um, was it Georgie Weir's cousin? Yeah. He ended yeah. up coming on, did he? Did he sign for Southampton or something like that? And he come on. Graham Sooners signed him, didn't he? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. He was meant, he meant to be like a world beater, Georgia Weir's cousin. He found <laughs> yeah. out it was about his 15th cousin that far back, weren't it, or something? Yeah, brilliant. But you know, when you get these, even when you get sent these, you know, as a manager, you get sent these like highlight clips of players. Yeah. Some of the highlights you get sent, you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then you get them in and you're like, who's this I've got here? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not even the same colour. <laughs> feel like I'm being, yeah. It's like you've been catfished. Yeah, hundred percent. But with football, we. Uh, yeah. I can't. I can't name the club because I could get in trouble. But we had. We had a kid come down, and his dad. So the club was struggling, and his dad was this was this businessman, foreign businessman, and he put a load of money into his club. And his his son ended up said right we, we've signed his son he's meant to be a decent player he's been playing out in Turkey he come signed a three year deal right the first training session this is God's honest truth he walked out right he had his shorts on back to front he had the club badge the club badge on the back and he pulled his he pulled his socks fully up below his knee. With the biggest cricket pad shin pads like that you've ever seen. He, honestly, it looked like I'm trying to think. Remember that when Boris Boris Johnson played in that football game for England? Yeah. It looked like that. He had a bit of a wow. gut. And we were like, wow, we're on flipping 
300 quid a week here and this kid's just signed a three-year deal. He never he never once played. Just what did the gaffer for... say, though? What, what, what? Oh, well, the, the gaffer couldn't say laugh that. Off, Danny. Yeah, the gaffer couldn't say that much, but when, when he weren't in earshot, he'd just be like, <laughs> what the fuck am I meant to do with this kid here? And he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd, like, he'd pull him over and he was he's like an excited kid every day and he'd go, how about you going gold today? Do you fancy it in gold? <laughs> we'd, we'd stick him in net. <laughs> Class. Oh, you know what? The, you know, the longer you're in football, the the the, long, the more you realise what an absolute shit show it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's so many things that go on that that fans and people wouldn't even think. But it is. It's like. But I always say, whenever whenever money's involved in any organisation, there's 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 opportunities for for scams and all sorts going off, isn't there? You see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Man, same with I think it's obviously improved now because of obviously you know the the level of professionalism. You can't get away with things like that. But I bet back in the day you had oh, with no internet. You are yeah. Back in the day, there's no internet. There's no nothing. No. So if someone says I scored two hundred goals last season. How are you to know that they didn't? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it don't matter. You were twenty four playing in an <laughs> under twelve side. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how you. So when when obviously you played at like highest level. Did you ever get any trialists come in who you thought absolute worldy or obviously the, the flip side, like absolutely shocking? Like, how has he ever had a career? When I, when I went to Birmingham and they got promoted to the Premier League, um, yeah, that was an interesting pre-season. We had, we had some players come in. It was the World Cup the year before. Right. Um, so we had some that had good World Cups, I think, for Senegal and, and, and teams like that, African teams. And all of a sudden, we got seven or eight Africans that turned up at pre-season. Um, and they all seemed to have signed deals, and they, literally a month later, they were, they were all gone. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I said, we're talking, this will have been the year 2000, so the internet's still a pretty new thing then, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. and, and agents and... You know, you, what, what I found in football is if you package something, parcel it up and package it correctly, you can make anything look a million dollars in football with clips. And I could get my vets clips together now and convince someone that I've got another year in me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 100%. So you get all the best 100%. bits. Um, yeah. I, so, uh, yeah. Obviously, with my job, like we, we do a lot of show reels and things like that, like for, for players, because sometimes you can't extract like full games and stuff. Yeah. And I got I got the an, like the analyst. I said, "Do us one of them show reels, will you? You know, just for, just for myself. Just yeah. I have it on my phone, and just every now and again, just to cheer myself up. I think. Yeah. I bet you put it on Tinder, didn't you? Oh, everyone swiping, everyone swiping right on. <laughs> Oh, my missus looking at me now. She don't know I'm on Tinder. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's on it. She is on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's nodding as well. <laughs> right, what about, um, let's go on to, we've got Neil Warnock, Mick McCarthy and Nigel Pearson all having initial impacts at their clubs. You obviously, you had um, you had Neil Warnock. Did yeah. Did you I, I, for Sheffield United? No, he uh, he sold me. <laughs> but well, yeah, I was told that, you. yeah, I was actually. Probably, yeah, probably. Um, 
but yeah, I had Neil Warnock, and at the time when he came in, we were struggling, you know, probably third or fourth from bottom of the championship. And did he give you give you your debut? No, no. Um right, what kind of shower shit information is this that I've got on my computer here? You've got Neil you've Warnock got give Curtis his debut at Sheffield United. No. You got one right. you got one job, mate. You've got one job. Try to get it right. Come on, Will. I know you're asking, Will. Nigel, Nigel, Nigel Spackman gave me my debut in 1997. God, that makes me sound old. Um, 28, then. When you start <laughs> so late. <laughs> but, yeah, Neil, Neil Warnock came in, and, you know, I, I don't mean this in any disrespectful way at all, but he's not a coach. I don't think he took any sessions. Kevin Blackwell took the majority of the sessions. Um but Neil Warnock is good with people, people's person, you know, and he, he he's very shrewd in the in the transfer market. <laughs> Maybe why he sold me, and um, and and it just creates that atmosphere of us against them. Very very basic regarding tactics, so there's no grey areas really, which I think is a good thing when, especially when you're in down near the bottom of the league. Everyone knows their job. Always well drilled. Um, you, you can see why he's been successful to a, to a certain degree everywhere he's been. Um, and, and I assume uh, Mick McCarthy, and who's the other one? Nigel Pearson. I assume they're very similar, where they're really well organised and, and do well with people. Because that's what management is, isn't it? You've got a group, a group of 25 lads. You know, you've got 11 that are going to think you're brilliant. They're the 11 that are playing. And 14 that think you've not got a clue. And it's, can you get them 14? Or as many as them fourteen on side, so you've got a happy ship of twenty lads, twenty-five lads. I think that's that's a difficulty in management, and I think them three do it really well. I think if you look at them three names, they're all kind of the same kind of profile of manager, aren't they? Yeah. Like Neil Warner, Mick McCarthy, Nigel Pearson. I I think if you played for them, I don't think there's any hiding spaces. I think you know no. exactly what you need to do, what your job is. And like you said, I think I think the biggest part of being a manager is man management. That's why yeah. you have that's why you have coaches. That's why you have assistant managers. You manager, you pick the team, and you man manage them them players. So yeah, someone someone's messaged in Michael Pearson. He said, "What did you think of Blackwell?" Yeah, Blackie was a good coach. Very good coach. Bright, enthusiastic. Um, and I think him and Neil Warnock had a very good yin and yang. Completely different personalities as well. Um, yeah, I liked Blackie, you know, clued up, knew, knew his stuff. Um, and they worked really well together. And, and I think for Neil Warnock to be successful, he, he needed a Kevin Blackwell alongside him. Because, like I, um, like I said, Neil Warnock's not a coach. I don't think he ever put a single session on. The only session he used to take was set pieces, um, and that's kind of what, what he did. But Monday to Friday, Kevin Blackwell was was sometimes you didn't even see the gaffer. Um, and he'd Who's pop been up your on best Friday. The best that I played under. Yeah, it's a tough one that because when I look back at my career, I fell out with pretty much every manager I ever had. Um, so it, it's a difficult. Why? I just think. And I, I, it's something I always talk about. I think maturity was something that I wasn't blessed with at a young age. And I was earning a lot of money at a very young age. So it, it, I found it difficult. So 
I ended up, I, you know, I always wanted it all my way. And I think as you get older, you mature as a person a little bit, don't you? And I definitely yeah, think so. there's, some, there's some players that are, that, were, that are unmanageable. And I definitely put myself in that bracket as a young player. I was unmanageable. It wouldn't have mattered who was, in, who was the manager at any club. I'd have bumped heads with them. That's just the way I was at that age. I don't think I fully matured as a man until I was, I'd probably say 28, 29, 30 was when I started to kind of find my way a little bit in life. Um, so no matter what I'd have done at a young age, I think I'd have probably ended up on the scrap heap like I did with football. Um, but they all have very, very good good points. You know, I, 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 I played under Steve Bruce, Neil Warnock, Nigel Spackman, Russell Slade was my youth team manager at Sheffield United and, and Grimsby Town, Trevor Francis you, at Birmingham. You know, so I thought Curtis, some good you, ones. Have you took have you tried to take a couple of good points and bad points from from kind of your, your managers and turn that into how you are now? Or are you pretty much this is how I am and you've and you've gone down your own road? No, like I've, I've tried to take a, a, a bit of, of things off off managers and you know what I, I do find myself saying some things that managers used to say and I think well yeah I've just gone full on Russell Slade there or, or whatever it is um you do find it because you know monkey see monkey do I suppose isn't it you, you yeah. do pick up bits and there's certain things that managers have done different sessions have done different set pieces have done that, that I've gone like I really like that that's class and you've seen it work in games so you take that in with you also on the flip side of that there's certain situations managers you think he's that's, that's ended up being a disaster in dealing with it that way. So, experience. But I think you've got to put your own stamp on it. But, yeah, you, I think subconsciously I, I do things. And when I get home, I think, wow, that was full-on whatever. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's hard not to, I suppose. People have inspired me and influenced me as a, as a football man. So, so who you, yeah. Who do you think is the best manager at the moment in the Premiership? I really like... I mean, right now, I suppose you've got to think of results. I mean, I, I, I think criminally underrated is Brendan Rodgers. I think he's so underrated, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, when, whenever I put his name in on Twitter and say he's an elite manager, within two or three comments, people will come up and say, failed at Liverpool. I'm like, what? Kept within a whisker of winning the league, you yeah. know. And I, yeah. I, think, I think pound for pound, You'd have to probably say if, if I was to I had any team in the Premier League and I was looking to win the league, he'd be he'd be right up there with the managers I'd pick. Obviously, I'm thinking outside the obvious of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Um, obviously, both of them are, are fantastic, and I love watching. I'm not a big fan. I enjoy watching Man City play, but I prefer the Jurgen Klopp way of you know crash bang wallop, you know pressing fast pace. I prefer that type of football myself. And I think Brendan Rodgers has got a little bit of mix between them both. Yeah. Um, you well, know, look how, look how Leicester play. Oh, I love watching Leicester. Look They're brilliant. They yeah. yeah. So for me, to answer your question, I, I'd say I, I'd, I, I really like Brendan Rodgers. I think he's class. And when I, when I hear him speak, I watch a few podcasts he's been on as well. He's a really impressive bloke. He seems like the type of manager that cares about his players. And I, and I think... Um, he probably suffers from being a British manager and not getting the respect that his uh, his talent really deserves. For me, when you th when you put in the top ten to twenty European managers, his name's right in it. You know, I I think 
within the next ten years, he he, he will he will win big big trophies if he gets you know at the right yeah, club. I agree with you because obviously Jurgen Klopp, um, Pep Guardiola, they probably don't get the respect that they should do because everybody always thinks, oh, well, I I could pick Man City side every week and they would go out and win, but. They forget how how they've come in and over the last five six years transformed them clubs. But yeah. then you look at you look at um, Leicester manager. <laughs> I've got his name now. Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Brendan Rodgers. He's done. He's done brilliant with that side because he he came in after they obviously had the success of winning the league, and everybody thought that they were going to be nowhere near. And for yeah. him to. To keep them up there in the you know the top six, with probably like the players, the budget, like just coming off a Premiership win, I think he's done he's done a brilliant job. I think and I I echo what you say. I think he's up there, definitely one or two best in the Premiership at the minute. I think also as well you have to look at how he's improved players as well because everyone can inherit good players if you've got a budget where you can go and sign all the best players it does take a little bit of um shine off what you're doing but you look how he's how he's improved players everywhere he's been you know that yeah. sign of a really really good coach um yeah i think he's brilliant love him love watching his teams play you know you think of the the swansea team he had brilliant to watch he went to celtic and cleaned up domestically. I know there's obviously Celtic and Rangers only, um, but even the football Celtic played, and Celtic have been dominant for ages, but I've never got the results like when Brendan Rodgers was there. You know, he, he, he then went to, um, oh, sorry, he'd been at Liverpool, did brilliant at Liverpool, and now he's gone to Leicester, being outstanding at Leicester. So you look at four jobs there, where he's consistently improved the team and improved the players and won trophies. You know, I don't think there's many about better than him. You f yeah, you forget about the Swans, eh? He was like, brilliant. brilliant with Swansea, didn't he? They were class to watch as well. Yeah, Every, like you know, I, think it's, I think it's his style of play. Yeah, like he gets Love his it. team playing in that. Yeah, in that good. Yeah, I like it. And uh, the players yeah. like him. You can you can tell the players like him. The, the way yeah. the way you're gonna like playing for that type of team, and the way he is with people. You know, every team he's had. They look like they're really enjoying their football. And you don't do that if you think the manager's an idiot, do you? No, no, you're right. Uh, another question from Michael. He said, man management is harder these days. Got to keep multi-millionaires happy. Rotation, question mark. What do you think? So I'll, 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 I'll kind of start on that, if you will. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of get it because... Like there is, there is obviously multi-millionaire footballs and stuff like that. But go go back fifteen years compared to the normal working people, football players were still earning a massive amount of money. Now, so 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 the pressures were all still there. But obviously, we've got bigger squads, and you do have to rotate players. But I think it's like. I won't say I won't say the players' egos are any are any bigger. I just think you've you've got more you've got more better players in a squad than you did yeah. years ago. I think years ago you probably had twelve or thirteen 
like, and that was your team. Now you've got squads of up to 22, 25. And I think that's the difficult thing to try and get everybody minutes. But I don't know. Like, you're only talking at the, you know, the very elite level. I think when you get, when you get to League One and League Two and, you know, you've, you've got a tighter budget, you've probably got, you've probably got your starting 14, if you will. And then everybody yeah. else, I think you kind of accept that, yeah, I'm a squad player at the minute, you know, yeah. and it's only the ones who really think they should be in that starting 11 you've probably got a problem with. I, I disagree massively on on this whole thing. Um, for me, I don't think the manager's job is to keep players happy. I, I, I really don't. I, I think the player's job is to make sure they get in the team, work hard. You know, I, I think... I think we pander too much with players these days and trying to keep him happy, trying to keep him happy. It's not your job. You know, you, 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 I think by managing the way of concentrating on the team's performance, winning games, you know, that's your job as a manager. And players, I think you'll, you'll lose some doing that way, but you'll keep the ones you want to keep. Does that make sense? Yeah, did do you not think the ones that have the, the right attitude to be around it, be a part of it, to fight for something? If you start pandering to players, keep trying to keep everybody happy, what happens is you'll end up losing games and you won't be in the job long enough to be able to create that happy environment. I always think win games first because that gives you longevity in management. If you win games, you're buying yourself longevity to then maybe change things over a longer period. So I don't think you can spend too long pandering and worrying trying to keep everybody happy. Job one as a manager is to win games. Be pragmatic, win games with what you've got, and then can we then try and create this happy winning environment? But job one's to win. Do you, do you, do you follow American football at all? Yeah, little bits. So you know the, uh, the LA Raiders, um, used to be the owner, Al Davis. Right. Uh, he, he used to have a saying, and it was, just win, baby. And I, and I love it, because it just cuts through all the bullshit. Nothing else yeah. matters if you win. You know, if you win, you can start naming your own philosophies and making making words up and people listen. <laughs> do you not think, though, do you not think it's easier when, obviously, at the, at the top level, you could be playing 60, 60 odd games a season. Yeah. So it's easier to rotate players in cup games, FA Cup, you know, League Cups, Champions League. So I think you've got an area there where you can rotate players, but I think you have to because you've got to keep them fit. You've got to keep them 100%. If you play your best 11 week in, week out, you'll only have a best seven because three or four of them will go down injured. So I think you've got to rotate a little bit and the difficulty mm. you've got there is somebody comes in for a cup game, plays really well, do you then revert back to your normal 11, you win in 11, or do you keep that player in? Then again, I think, I think again, you, you, you're pandering then a little bit. I mean, look at Bruno Fernandes. He's playing tonight. He don't get rested. I remember seeing an interview with Roy Keane the other week when he was on about rotation. Roy Keane never got rotated. Yeah, Maybe but he said there. It's only because no one dared rotate him. Yeah, but he said, didn't he? He said, you can rotate people like Gary Neville, but he says, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be rotated. I'm, I'm, uh, listen, when you get a certain amount of games, there are certain games like the a few cup games where you can 
leave a few out. But, uh, you know, I think, well, I know, listen, I think, I know from, from being a professional fighter, fatigue is a, definitely a thing. But mentality is huge. Yeah. You know, you know, your body gives up. Your body will give up. Sorry, your mind will give up well before your body. You know, yeah. the yeah. body... 20% you reckon, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, your mind will give up 20% earlier than your body will. Yeah, do you know what? The body is an amazing tool. An amazing tool. The mind you goes... Like, you sound like my missus. That's what she's always <laughs> telling me. <laughs> but, you know, and, and you know what? If, you, if you've got them people with the elite mentality... You know, you can that can go from game to game to game. I, I, I think <clears throat> I, me personally, I would probably only rotate two or two or three at a time. I, I'm I'm not one of them for wholesale changes. Players need rhythm. Centre forward scoring. I'll keep him in. Look at Harry Kane. Never misses a game, and he's injury prone. But he don't. He, you don't rotate Harry Kane. So what what happens though, right? When you're a manager. Your manager of a top team, you're given a budget start the season, you bring in five or six players and they don't get the chance to come in and the chairman's banging on your door because you've wasted 100 million quid and you're not rotating them and playing them players. But I think the only way they wouldn't come in is if you're winning games, Yeah. Or if they aren't better than what you've you've got, and then obviously you're blaming your recruitment, then aren't you? I suppose. Yeah, then then it's your recruitment's fault. But I think if you're winning games, the chairman's not going to be knocking on the door saying, "Oh, why ain't so and so playing?" You just say, "Well, Mr. Chairman." He might do if he's on. Might do if he's on two hundred grand a week. Well, not if you're top of the league, is he? You know, I yeah. think I think I, like I said, just win, baby. You know what? It is a fair point. It was a good question. And it is a fair point, but I do think, I do think that not all managers think like that, and they will be thinking, right? How can I get him minutes on the pitch because he's on this wage? How can he, you know, how can I play him in this cup game? And shit, he's just scored two goals and played really well, but my striker on Saturday in the league has scored five in five. And do you know? How would you feel, Gaz? How would you feel as a centre forward um, if you played five league games? You were banging them in five in five and it came to a cup game and the gaffer played someone else who maybe then scored a couple of goals. Fuming. That's what I mean. Fuming. I used to hate it, right? And this is going to sound bad, but I used to hate it. If I weren't playing and and somebody else was playing instead of me, I didn't want the team to win. Yeah. That's, yeah, very, that's very honest. And I, I think 99% the, of players are the same. Yeah. I wanted the striker to have a shocker yeah, I, w I wanted him to be subbed and start crying that he played that bad. And it yeah. could be my teammate, but he was taking my place. I used to hate it. So I can't imagine what it must be like at the, the very top. I, I remember a manager always used to say to, to uh, and, and it was Barry Fry. I forgot I played under Barry Fry. Baz at Peterborough United, what a character. And Baz what always a used to, what a I'm guy, speaking, brilliant. I'm still speak to him now. Yeah, he, he yeah, gave one of the best teams. Gareth, Gareth, get yourself down, Sam. Get yourself down. Come and sit next to me. I'll show you how to... Like, all right, cheers, Barry. He, he gave one of the best team talks I've ever heard, Baz. He, he, uh, second, no, third, third game in, we'd won one, drawn one, lost one. So, steady start. 
he came in after the third game and said, sit down, boys. I've got to be honest, we're going down. Baz was only seven days into the season. Baz was a character. I loved him. Brilliant. I, I played my first season at Peterborough. I loved it. Um, and Baz is a, a great guy. And what, something he always used to say, and it stuck with me, is he used to say uh, before the game, there's your shirt. Don't give me it back. And I used uh, to love that because yeah. you're in charge. You know, you go and play well when the team plays well. I don't want to come out of the team. Yeah. You know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. That's what we were, we were raised on that. You know, we didn't know any different. I'm good to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for 42 games a season. Yeah. When we get to the cup and them other, you know, the, I can't remember what it used to be called, but them little fish and chip cups that no one cares about. Not a problem. Stick somebody else in, but... I'm your man for 42 games a season, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And that's what I used to love. There's your shirt, don't give me it back. Yeah, fair one. Fair one. What are your thoughts on um, Jesse Lingard's impact? I love Jesse Lingard. I think you he's a proper what? player, I, I man. Think he's, I, I think he's been really brave leaving Man United because it's a big club. And do you know what? I didn't expect him to go and do that well, but it just shows shows his quality. You know what it shows? You know what it shows more than anything? It shows an elite mentality. Yeah. The way he's gone, I mean, he's not kicked a football forever. So the way he's gone from doing nothing to playing Premier League football, game, 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 and not even skip to heartbeat, you just think what he's been doing while Man United been playing games... He's not been thinking, oh, I'll, go, I'll go out on nightclubs, this, that, and the other. He's been working his balls off. Yeah. So he shows that elite mentality that you need to be out of Man United. I'm so happy for him because I think he's such a good player, mate. He can play in any of the front three. He can play in the midfield three as, a, as an eight, box to box. I really like him and, and I'm so happy to see him doing well because he's an infectious guy. I like watching him play. He plays like it's his last ever game of football. Covers yeah. every blade of grass. He's got quality. Gets you a goal. Love him. You know what? Any any kind of young lads who are listening, like who, who want to be a footballer, I reckon ninety nine percent of players who aren't playing, who know that they've got no chance of getting back in the team, will toss training off. They won't be yeah. doing extra. They won't be like doing all the runs and getting the you know like getting the heart rate monitors on and making sure that they're at the peak they'll just yeah. let their fitness drop and then when they get the chance to move they'll be 50 percent the player that they are and you've hit the nail on the head there about jesse he must have been at like keeping himself at the absolute peak because yeah you, you you'll know what it's like to play in the premiership these guys are racehorses do you know what I mean yeah. they're, they're absolute athletes and for him to go and go and do what he's done yeah i think he's done brilliant Whenever I, got, whenever I got left out of a team at any point in my career, shouldn't really be saying this, but it is what it is, I sulked and spat the dummy out and gave up. That's what I did as, as a young player, spoiled player on loads of money. I sulked. And, and, and so my performance and career suffered for that. Now, Jesse Lingard, has, if we're going to be honest, has been completely discarded by Man United. And he's done the complete opposite. He must have been training in the Man United session. He had his own strength and conditioning trainer, gone to that after, 
and done more. Because he's saying, well, I'm not getting my game time, so I need to, I need to really up my levels. And he's done that, and that that meant I love stuff like that, that mentality yeah. of that them top top players, and that's what you need to be a top player, and that's why I was retired at 26 because as a young age I didn't have that mentality. I was just I, I gave up too easy. Yeah, lads will just want to get home, get on cod, sit there for yeah. the rest of the night and sulk, like you said, no fair play. And go out, go go out, go to nightclubs because you you know you're not in the team, so you go out, go casino, do whatever you want, li live a life of a footballer because you're not having to play, but you've still got all the money to go and do what you want. Yeah, and and he hasn't, and and this is someone who's played thirty times for England or whatever it is, won stuff at Man United. He doesn't he don't need football, 150 grand a week. But that mentality, you know, that Floyd Mayweather mentality, that Jesse Lingard mentality, you you, you look at Jesse Lingard now he's bounced into first-team football, and then you look at Gareth Bale, and now he can't get a shirt for Tottenham because he's nowhere near fitness or whatever. That's that different type of mentality. Yeah, no, fair play. What do you think about... Um... Thomas Tuchel, is it? Is that how you say it? Sub subbing uh, Hudson Adoy. Did, did you hear what he said? He said he sub subbed him because yeah. of his poor, poor counter pressing. Have you? Yeah, that's, 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 it's kind of the ultimate snub, isn't it? Yeah. From a manager being sub subbed. Like you, you've got to be doing something drastically wrong to get sub subbed. Yeah. I think I seen the I seen the interview and I think he he said his body language was terrible, didn't he? Um, yeah. So so he brought him off. It, it's a real risky one that as a yeah. manager because because he's he a top of, player. He's a top yeah. player. He's done he's done so well. Do you think it's a bit of I'm the boss? What do you reckon? I think he's trying to flex his muscles. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, there's, there's no reason to do to do what he did i definitely think he's trying to show the rest of the lads hey listen if your body language isn't right on the pitch and you're not counter pressing you're not doing what i want you to do you're off then on the flip like side would, would, you would, like he, would he would he have done that to would he have done that to olivier Giroud? would he have done that to timo Werner? is he just picking a, a a young kid who's not really established to kind of flex your muscles Maybe, maybe. Well, do you know anybody who's ever been sub subbed? No. Um, one that happened to me, which was quite funny, is I was sub and I was warming up in the corner for Birmingham City. And uh, I can't remember who we were playing, but it was, I think it was a real loud um, atmosphere. And Steve Bruce was shouting down to the corner, like waving, like, come on, something, I'm, oh, I'm coming on. So I ran up, like, taking my top off. He said, Curtis, Go tell Darren Carter he's coming on. <laughs> so I had to work him run down and say, oh, Dad, you're coming on. So it made it even worse that we're both the same position as well. So, yeah, killer. But I've never been You know what? We used to do that all the time. Like, if, really? if, I, was, if I was ever on the bench and always, <laughs> like, two, two lads have got to go and warm up, haven't they? Yeah. So whenever anybody went out, you'd be shouting, like, Steve-o, Steve-o. <laughs> Come in, come here. He'd, he'd come over and you go, are you all right? You're warming up all right? <laughs> like, yeah, fucker, I thought I was on then. Do you know what? Sometimes I think, I think when you go into management, you, you sometimes forget how it feels to be a player. Just like when you say and then about when you're not playing, you want the team to lose. 
it's, a it's a horrible feeling because I don't like I wish I didn't feel like that but like yeah. when I'm on the pitch I would do anything for the team to win yeah but if I weren't involved like I can honestly say I didn't want him to win because I hadn't contributed t towards that win does that make yeah. sense so yeah, it wasn't my won, win yeah. It wasn't my win. And if they won it, you you knew you won't play next week. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, because if they win, I know that the week after I'm sat watching again. Yeah. So I wanted to lose and miss me as a player. And then the next week I'm on and then we can win every game to the end of the season. I don't mind that. But <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's honest. And I think a lot of players feel that way. Yeah. Especially the players from, from our era, I'd say, feel that way because... There wasn't rotation in our era. When you lost your shirt, you lost your shirt because you weren't playing very well. Yeah, I can't remember any rotation going on in that in, in, when I played. No, no. You, know, you you only came out of the team if you weren't good enough, if you'd had a stinker. Yeah. And the manager would pull you to one side. Like he'd, he'd never pull you to one side if you'd scored scored and done well and go, I'm going to rest you, keep you sharp. It always, yeah. It'd just be like, Gaz, you were dog shit last week. You're out, pal. Somebody else yeah. is in. <laughs> That's yeah. just, just how it is. And then you were like, oh my God, I'm going to have to put it in in training this week, try and impress him. Yeah. It's just how it were, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh, coming to the end now, what about, um, did you see Duncan Ferguson's passion um, when Everton beat um, Liverpool? Yeah. Did you see it? I saw it, yeah. What do, you, what do you think of the dynamics there? So we've got um, Sue Moore Boys 17. He just said, Duncan Ferguson and Ancelotti are doing a great job at Everton. What do you think of the partnership? I think it works really well, doesn't it? An Ancelotti yeah. um, is he's cool, isn't he? You never see him jumping up and down. Um, and like I'd, have him, about, I'd have him as one of my best managers as well. Yeah, class. And you know what as well? You, you listen to everyone that speaks about Ancelotti. Player-wise, they all say what a nice bloke he is, a great bloke. So, yeah. uh, again, we don't know what he's doing tactically, but people buy into people. That's how it is. You know, you you can have the best sessions, the best tactics in the world, but if the lads don't like you as a person, they're not going to take it on board. And I think because they like Ancelotti as a bloke, they obviously respect his playing career because he's a top player. And as a manager, respect what he's won. And as a total package, he's got it all, hasn't he? And I think that yin and yang, what we're talking about with Kevin Blackwell and, and Neil Warnock, I think they've got that at Everton, yin and yang with Ferguson and Ancelotti. And it, it works really well. And Ferguson looks like he coaches and, and even when he's manager at Everton, like he plays blood yeah. and thunder. He wants every ounce out here, doesn't he? He's, he's one of them. If I was a manager... He's what he you want him as your number nine, don't you? And, and well, I was at I was at Everton for a while, and Duncan Ferguson was there at the same time. Right. Wow. And uh, I I actually got the pleasure of playing up front with him. Wow. And he was he was everything that you see of him. That's what he was on the pitch. He yeah. I hate, hated to mark him. He was yeah. he was elbows. He was like. He was talking in the defenders' ear, and you just—I think most defenders were just like, I'm "Not getting close to this guy." Like, like I don't think they wanted a tussle with him. There was only the yeah. odd few that would like give as good as they got. But he, he bullied you know, centre halves, and he—he 
he actually pulled me to one side in training and he helped me um, learn how to get the flight of the ball, like get it early, because that's a massive yeah. skill as a centre forward, whether whether Getting you're coming up on the side and winning a header or you're actually like pinning a defender. And he he must have got me getting 100, 200 balls a week just being lofted up with a defender and then I'd have to read the flight of the ball and know whether to pin the defender and bring it down on my chest or I was going to get up and compete. And he Brilliant. said, like, the, earl the earlier, you earlier you can do that, the better, like, centre forward you be. And I, he, a bit like Andy Carroll, like, he, he gets the flight of the ball really good really early. And like I say, I think he was one of the best in the games of it. But he is a true Everton man through and through. Yeah, but you know what? He he was in in his era. It was four four two, wasn't it? Two wingers. Yeah. You imagine yeah. balls coming in from the left and the right, and big dunk attacking it. You're banging trouble, aren't you? Uh, it's it's horrible, isn't it? And you look at the I job mean, he's done with Dominic Calvin Lewin. You look how his yeah. games improved. Well, yeah, you know? yeah. And I, um, you know, I I pretty much see myself in the same light as Dominic Calvin Lewin. You know, working with Fergie, we're probably the same. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like like you're right. Like you can actually see over the last probably nine months the work that probably Duncan Ferguson has done with him because you can yeah. see how he anticipates things in the box, how he gets up. He's got he's because he's aggressive in the air now. He is he's far better in he the is. air than, than he were twelve months ago, and that's got a good come from Big Dunk. I think he's such a good player, me Dominic Calvert Lewis. I, I, I really do. I think, you know, if, if Harry Kane was not fit um, for the Euros for whatever reason, I think to play that central nine, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin's the, the next one easily. Yeah. Give me give me one player in your career who you've played with who you reckon could have, could have been a good boxer as well. Paul Devlin. Yeah, why? Because he's just a fiery little bugger. Really? <laughs> yeah, De Dev was fiery. You know what? I, I won't say too much on it, but I've seen him have a, a fight with Marcus Bent, a naked fight with Marcus Bent. We were both naked at the time. And it what, was has brilliant. It just gone off, has he just gone off in the dressing room before they were getting in the shower or something? Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah exactly that. Um and there's punches and willies flying everywhere. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Dev. I reckon Dev would be an handful. Um, yeah. yeah. Johnny Little as well. He's about my size. Little, oh, like, little scrappy do. Right. Last question of the night, I think it is. Uh, so it's, it's a question for us both. Give me your best night out in the UK. If someone said to you, right, Curtis, we're having, a, we're having a night out. Where should we go? Anywhere in England? Anywhere in the UK? Well, I would say it would be, and I did it a few years ago for the first time, and it was unbelievable. I went to a Butlins Reloaded weekend. We did, 90s, we did 90s Reload. It was amazing. Five were there. Turned up, there's only three of them. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was class. It was brilliant. Best, best weekend of my life. Class. Was it really? Honestly, guys, it is amazing. It was, it's unreal. 
And when I, I turned just, up as well, I got there early. Must have been like a million single mums there. Well, you you know what? It, when I turned up, there was like loads of groups of blokes and loads of groups of women. And I initially thought this is there's going to be hell on this weekend. I just thought it's going to be just that way. And it was just like loads of middle-aged blokes like myself that were just there to have a good time. There was no trouble. Everyone was like just buzzing, great atmosphere. I loved it, guys. It was just, it was amazing. Best night out in the UK. There's not a better night out in the UK. There you go. I've said it. Right, just give me a minute. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to get on the book the next one. Yeah, it's so good. I'd, I'd say I love Newcastle. I love Newcastle for a night out. Has it not got a bit brilliant. like? Um, has it not got a bit like old Geordie Shaw up there though? It's a bit. Well, a bit, I'm, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah, I'm probably talking. I'm probably talking quite a few years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, because we went. We ended up going. We ended up going for the weekend. We went up on the Friday. and We went Whitley Bay on the Friday. Love it. it was Whitley Bay was mental. Yeah, we went the first bar we went into in Whitley Bay. It was about half ten in the morning, and I walked in, and there was a, a stripper on the bar. <laughs> I love it. Half ten in the morning, I was like, "This is going to be a good day." <laughs> and, then, and then on the Saturday, we got up breakfast into Newcastle, and Newcastle was just it was a different level, brilliant. Are you, are you a pubber or a clubber, guys? Clubber. I were I'm not like a I'm not like a club. I'm more of a like I look I, I do like a little dance, but I'm 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 into God. I'm going to embarrass myself now, but any song that I can sing along to, so five yeah. steps, things like yeah. that, I'd be buzzing on the dance floor with them. I'm I'm a pub of me. I'm a, I'm an eleven o'clock start, eleven a.m. start, and about an half ten at at night finish. That that's me. You get the best out of me in them hours. Anything later than that, forget it. I don't want to go home. <laughs> I'm rubbish. I don't want to go home. I'm a karaoke and jukebox man. That's me. I do. To be honest, though, I do like an old day in a pub where you're playing killer pool and darts and having a laugh. At the the best. Dance, so I can't beat it. But then I do get steaming by like half eleven. I'm like, where are we going now? Not going home. <laughs> I'm out till five o'clock, so. <laughs> right, I'm just going to mention, uh, it's been brought up a few times, so I'm just going to mention it before we go. Did you listen to the Jeff Winter podcast that we did? You know, Jeff no. Winter, the, the, the referee. Yeah, so, I know what you mean, yeah. So we sat down, right, and right from the very start, I thought I'd misheard him, but he, he's obviously a Jordan, he was going... How we Robbie man? Yeah, I remember. And he just kept calling me Robbie. And I was thinking, like halfway through, halfway through the interview, I'd responded to Robbie that many times that I couldn't change it. Then I couldn't say you've got the wrong person, Jeff. And he was going, "How we Robbie? I remember refereeing you. You was a right bugger." And I was thinking, Jeff, you've never refereed me in your life. It it weren't until right at the end. He thought I was Robbie Blake. Really? <laughs> yeah. If anybody, anybody wants to listen back to the podcast, me and Jordan were literally, we honestly, like, we're creasing up off camera like this. And, I'm, and I just, he kept going, Robbie. And I was like, 
Oh, he means me. I was like, yes, Jeff. What you? <laughs> Man, it was brilliant. And he was telling. He was telling. How did stories. it come out? How did it come out that he thought you were Robbie Blake? I don't know. I've no idea how he thought I was Robbie Blake. And even <laughs> even when the, the podcast finished, he went, "Away, see you, Robbie man." I said, "See you, Jeff. <laughs> see you, pal." <laughs> I never told him. He still thinks to this day that he did a podcast with Robbie Blake. Amazing, love it. Good player though, wasn't he, Robbie Blake? Well, yeah, I took I took credit for half his goals during that podcast. That's the best player you've ever been. That <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. No, it was class, but no. Uh, just one last reminder: if anybody fancies playing poker, uh, the info is on the I Had Trials Once Twitter account. It's the pinned pinned one at the top. So get yourself on. I think there's a bit of a deal. Uh, Bet £15 and you get £15 free and two entries to the uh, a foot accumulator poker tournament. So I'm going to get on it. I'm going to pour myself another gin. So I'm a little bit little bit more loose when I'm playing poker. Uh, but no, Curtis, it's been good tonight, mate. Discussed a My few pleasure. good topics. Got a good few stories out. I've enjoyed it, pal. Top man, that's been good, mate. See you again next week. We got rid of the dead wood this week, haven't we? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Nick Nicky will be back next week. I've told him they need to win on Saturday. Give the manager give the manager uh, a happy weekend and then he'll be allowed to get on social media. And Jordan, who knows what's going on with Jordan? He's um I don't know what he's doing. I think he's in fat camp. He's not getting out. <laughs> He's not getting out. He's even that. He's got a new. He's got a new missus who's got him under under lock and chain. He needs to join. It starts Monday, doesn't he? He does. He does. <laughs> get plugged that a little bit. I might have to join that soon. Yeah, get on it. I'll, Curtis, how about this? Right, I thought I'm going to go on a run. Like I generally go on a run like every other day. But I thought I'll go on a long run today. It weren't really a long run. It was only. It worked out eight k. But right. I ended up, I ended up at my bar with a chicken burger, coleslaw <laughs> and chips, and a gin and tonic waiting for me when I was finished. <laughs> I just literally put all my good work to, to nothing. That's the sort of diet plan I want to be on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Never. I was going to run home as well, but too much. I got a lift. Showing off. Right, pal. Been a pleasure. Top man, I'll uh, I'll see you all next week. Top man, see you later. See you next week.